back to the How Did I Get Here podcast. Today we have my good friend Brianna, uh, Brianna Titchener. Now uh, I've been used to calling you by your maiden name, which I will give no airtime because you are <laughs> because because that's not my name because you're a Titchener now. So Brianna's a really good friend, and I'm excited to have her on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Brianna. Thank you. So let's dive right into some of these questions slash discussion. You have been married for how long now? We're going on two years. Two years in June. Okay, so almost two years. What did you learn about yourself in the first year of marriage? The thing that, I don't whether it's the most interesting thing or the thing that surprised you the most, just what did you learn? Well, despite the preparation that I was given uh, after countless talks I, I i can remember so many nights just going over to your house and spending time with you and jess and asking so many questions and also asking for advice on how to even text back alex while we were in that beginning stage of our relationship that was a lot of fun um and then also hearing your messages that you had for the college and and graduates class hearing conferences. I remember Dr. Gary Chapman came and that was really cool. There was a lot of preparation that I was given and I'm really grateful for. Despite that, I don't think anybody could ever prepare you for, um, for coming face to face with how selfish you can be in marriage. (laughs) And, and it, it comes up in really surprising ways. It doesn't look like blatant selfishness. It, it, it looks like, um, man, he's going over to his friend's house a lot. That really sucks. I really want him to stay here. Um, why is it that I'm having such a hard time with that? And all the feelings are valid, but it's just how you're reacting to those feelings that are not okay sometimes. Um, unless you're reacting fine and trying to be understanding, then that's great. If you're not, however, and like me, um, kind of acting out more emotionally in a negative way, then you got to start asking yourself, what's going on? Why, why am I reacting this way? I should be really happy that he's going off and spending time with friends and he's, he's getting his guy time. And, um, I get the house to myself, which is something that I kind of enjoyed before we got married, uh, as an introvert. I really love it. I love having my my alone time. But it starts to suck when you get used to living with somebody else. Um, a couple things. One, I think it's fun funny maybe. <clears throat> it actually may be sad, I don't know. But you just said especially as an introvert. So for those that have been listening to the podcast from the beginning, I think I just realized that there's a trend. I have way more introverts on my podcast than extroverts. And maybe that's because extroverts don't need a they don't need a podcast. Maybe no. they just they just do what they do. I think they'll just go talk to anybody. They'll just they go talk to, to anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. So they just stand on the street corner and talk to anybody. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Um that, extroverts have the soapbox and, and yeah, we need a podcast. And we need a podcast. Yeah. That ju- that thought just hit me. <laughs> anyway, um also I like what you said. You said why is this a thing? Why is this my reaction? Yeah. Uh, that's that's something that we see is very common in marriage. It happens, you know, you answered that from the perspective of the, your first year, but I've been married 11 years and I still have that. I'm yeah. like, wait, why is this a thing? Why am I reacting this way? 
why is this and why am I having this emotion? And like you said, I really like the way you phrased it. I, you, you know, being prepared for how selfish you really are mm-hmm. and it shows up in ways that you don't expect. Right. Um, yeah, it's, that, that is, it's crazy. I mean, I have this double standard. I know it's a double standard because like, I don't necessarily like when Jessica wears some articles of clothing that belong to me, but mm-hmm. I also <laughs> don't have a problem throwing on a t-shirt that belongs to her. And she's like, wait a second. Yeah. And I used to get upset about that. And she's like, well, wait, you're, why is that a thing? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why it's a thing. Um, that's not a thing anymore. But, um, but yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole COVID nineteen coronavirus everything shut down situation? It really sucks. Uh, fortunately, I don't think our area of the United States has been affected as as greatly as, um, larger cities. I know New York is, they're having a terrible time. I listened to another podcast and stories of people affected by it and parents who can't touch their kids and stuff like that, that when I listen to that, I freak out. And then I remember I'm in Wayne County. It's fine. (laughs) I don't know if we've even had any confirmed cases here. We can still go outside for walks. We can still go to Walmart or Bueller's wherever we need to get groceries and it's, it's okay. And thankfully Alex and I have also been really, really blessed because we've been able to work from home. Something that I kind of didn't think we'd be able to do in my job, um, which is pretty logistics heavy and requires a lot of, um, specific system things to, to do the work, but they made it happen and that's really cool. Uh, the other part that really sucks for me personally is um, how much I've realized that I have not, I, I am an introvert by nature, but I've also kind of self-imposed some introverted qualities on myself in the past and how much that's affecting me now. It's so weird because we're supposed to be isolating ourselves from everybody except for our family, our immediate family. Because how do you do that? But uh, while we are supposed to be isolated, people are still finding ways to get together and do things. And um, I have not really been invited to those things. <laughs> and then it's, it's you know, it's that whole thing of Alex is still getting to go and hang out with his friends. And then me realizing, oh, yeah, my two best friends are in different cities. Can't even go see them right now. Um, and he gets to go off and like hang out with them on a fairly regular basis if he wants to. Mm -hmm. And then I'm still, and I'm still actually stuck to a desk from eight to five. Like I don't have the fluidity that working from home tends to allow most people or the flexibility that most people have working from home. He's got one laptop. He can go work at his friend's house if he wants to. And he has on a couple occasions, whereas I still have to stay stuck at my actual desk Mm -hmm. at home. So I I thought that COVID-19 would allow some more flexibility, especially in the work area. And I'd have more time to to see people. Um, But that hasn't, it still feels like I'm working a regular job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Has there been 
something about the current situation dealing with COVID-19, whether it's a behavior or something you read or something you heard in the news, like what's the thing that has you surprised the most about the reaction from people to what's going on? I think, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've been surprised by this part, but almost one of the, the immediate reactions was, this is a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Either China thinks the U.S. did this to the world, or the U.S. thinks China did this to the world. I mean, you'll even notice, like, what's going on. Chinese restaurants are closed down right now. Right. Yep. While, while other restaurants are still open for takeout. I cannot go get my mala chicken (laughs) from my favorite Chinese takeout place, which is really upsetting. And I think it's mainly because people have this really negative view of China right now because it it started there. But um, it's hard for me to... Maybe the most surprising thing is that it was not hard for me to believe the conspiracy. Or... And not necessarily that... um, that it got planted by one government to the other. But more, uh, <laughs> my mind my mind tends to, to run back to big pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceuticals a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, my, so I went to, well, somebody planted this because big pharmaceuticals want people to rely on yeah, their absolutely. drugs. I mean, I thought of that too. Yeah. I mean, immediately I thought, man, some pharmaceutical company is about to get paid. Yeah, for real, <laughs> for real. Um, so I kind of have to train my mind not to be so skeptical about that. Still be aware that, yeah, that could be the truth, mm-hmm. but um, not make it, uh, not not make me not, like, not cause fear and panic and, yeah. On a scale from one to ten, how afraid of you are the actual virus itself? Uh, probably a four. Okay. So not that concerned. No, no. I, I, if I think about it, I've had bronchitis almost every year since college. So, um, if I get it, it probably would be worse for me than any other person in Mm -hmm. Wayne County. But, um, just the fact that Ohio was one of the first states to actually do something about it, to start preventing, to, to start preventing um, this from happening, they were pretty proactive. That makes me feel good. Um, I'm just not that worried that that it's actually going to happen. So your dad is a pastor. Your, you have an, you have an uncle that's also a pastor. Mm -hmm. Your husband, one of the friends you just referenced about your husband, he's also a pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've worked with pastors for a number of years. You've been, you've actually been on staff here at mm-hmm. West Hill. You are now a part of a launch team or a church planting team of another church here in town. So you spent a significant amount of time, I mean, really your whole life <laughs> around, yeah. around pastors. So what are some of the unique insights and perspective that you have just because of your proximity to the role of pastor? Hmm. Yeah, it's literally been my entire life <laughs> from the moment I was born. Um, well, I, I, I've i been hearing this from you and from other pastors just over the past several years that 
people tend to not know what you actually do. Yeah. And they think, well, you've got time to do anything. So how are you, how are you making money? Like what other job do you have to work to make money? Um, but I've seen from the get go how much pastors actually do on a day to day basis. Um, how much of their time is taken up and not by their family, by people in the church family. And I've seen that um, positively affect the people in the church and at times negatively affect the families of the pastor. There's a lot that um, the pastor has to do, but then there's a lot that the pastor's family also has to do. And being in that, um, you kind of always being watched as well. That part sucked. I couldn't be a normal kid. I couldn't, um, at least it felt like it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I had to be above the, the standard, I guess. And sometimes I just wanted to, to run around and not worry about what people thought, um, of my actions. I didn't want to do terrible things, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to be the first one to get in trouble. So benefits, you know, where the snack closets are. <laughs> <laughs> That was a big benefit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I also see how much mental and emotional strain it can put on a pastor. Just the, the job itself. Um, and then also how much a good pastor and good is, I don't mean like a black and white good, but good... Um, in the sense that if you see them continuing to persist in their job, you know that they're either really dumb or they are completely dependent on God. <laughs> and the ones that I've been around my, my life have been really dependent on God. And you can, you can see the difference between that. Usually the dumb ones tend to do something really stupid. <laughs> they're not pastors for very long. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like that. That's a, that's a that's an interesting perspective. I do like your comment about knowing where the snack closet is, mm -hmm. or you know the 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 best nap spots. Oh or, yeah. Or you know all of the inside things about the mm -hmm. church, um, and like you said too, just the strain on not just the pastor himself, but his wife and his family oh, and yeah. his children. And in your case, you uh, you fall into that category as well. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that makes our friendship really unique and special is we both enjoy, uh, the art of writing and reading and all things that come with that. I mean, I'm starting to learn that even podcasting, you know, is kind of feeds into that a little bit. Some of these episodes I've actually written out myself. Um, and I've always had that like desire to be a writer but i think i've had a desire to be a writer in a traditional sense mm -hmm. and now i realize that that's not who i am but i do now i actually consider myself a writer now because i write things yeah you know i write things for myself i write things for my family i write things for lessons i write things for other people to to either learn from or mm -hmm. you know i transcribe things that i've taught on for the purpose of people learning it um i've written for this actual podcast itself as well and I know you have a love for that, and you you, you do some things that you're married to a writer, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a part of your life. So why why is writing important? 
writing is important because, um, I don't know if everybody experiences this, but I do know that I'm not alone in this. If I don't write, I've got so many different words and phrases and thoughts and feelings that are jumbling around. It's, it's like, uh, if you've ever seen illustrations or some type of depiction of how an atom works, things are kind of messed up in there. They're, they're just bouncing around or the atom is bouncing. I don't really remember science, but something is bouncing around very chaotically. And um, in order for me to make sense of it, I have to write it down. And I can't even just write it on a computer. I can't type. If I type, I don't allow my mind to process. I have to write it down on a piece of paper with a pen in hand, a very specific pen, by the way, and very specific paper. But um, to actually see the words come out letter by letter, um, it does help my mind just go in, a, in the direction it needs to go to figure things out. But sometimes, sometimes I even, sometimes that means just stopping at the question. You write down all of your feelings, it leads to a question, and you kind of can't go further from that. You, you should be able to go further from that to figure out why that question even happened in the first place. Um, but sometimes you just needed to get yourself to the question in general. Without writing, we don't have that. And also without writing, you don't have the, the sense of um, camaraderie, for lack of a better word, with other people who are experiencing the same thing but didn't know how to put it into words. You write because you've experienced something and you are relating it to people who have also experienced the same thing. You and I had a lot of discussions about the importance of handwriting, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoy my, my... I have a digital journal. And I also have a journal in paper book format. But almost every form of writing for me starts with actually writing it down. Like yeah. you, you, you said pen. I'm actually a pencil guy. Um, so <laughs> I like pencils. Um, I have one sitting on my desk right yeah. now. Um, and I, I like pens as well, but I have this, I have like a couple steps to my process. It's pencil and then pen mm. and then, um, digital format. If mm. that's where it's going to find its resting place. Yeah. Unless I'm sending out a tweet or, you know, something that is meant for digital format. Right. And I actually really like the sound and the feel of a pencil. Yes. I like the way it sounds. I feel like the scratching, and this is going to be weird if you're listening, you're going to roll your eyes if you don't get this, but <laughs> that scratching noise and sound of the pencil on a paper mm-hmm. kind of kind of matches almost any emotion that I have. Mm. If I if it's something that I'm sad about, which is most of the time, <laughs> that, that, you know, that... That scratching noise of a pencil matches that emotion. Mm. Um, if it's something that I've noticed this, if it's something I'm really excited about, I almost always write with a really sharp pencil because it doesn't scratch as much. Yeah, and it's not as dull, so it kind of like gives this this happy sound and feel huh. and emotion to the writing itself. Uh, so I think that's important. I read an article a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm pretty sure you were on staff here when I read this and we talked about it. And it was just the psychology behind why handwriting something is really important. Mm-hmm. 
So, A, I think writing is important. If you, if you don't practice writing in some form, I really encourage you to do that. Secondly, just try handwriting first. I mean, nothing against typing or using a computer or using your phone, but just, just try it. I think that's, that's important. And I like what you said, that we forget that you get to be a part of a group. You know, there is some camaraderie yeah. in writing, yeah. even if it's never shared. And this was always a hang up for me. I always wrote with the thought of who's going to read this and it would hold me back. And now I don't write that way. I just write because I, I have to write it down. Yeah. And if someone ever reads it, then great. And mm -hmm. if someone never reads it, then I guess it was just never meant for someone to read. Um, so I think that's, that's important. Uh, what, what's the most challenging thing you faced in the last month? In general? Or, and just in general. Um, well, a very broad question. Yeah. In the past month, it uh, what I've been challenged with has mainly been um, sparked because of COVID-19. <clears throat> it goes back to uh, what I was talking about earlier with Alex getting to see his friends and I'm still stuck to a desk and yada, yada, yada. Um, COVID-19 was kind of the straw on the camel's back, so to speak, that I knew that was an issue for me. Um, feeling isolated, but then COVID 19s like, oh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna push you further into isolation. You gotta figure this ish out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm still, I'm still working on it. It's uh, sometimes I'm okay with it. I'm okay with. Um, when I say okay, I feel a little bit more emotionally stable in regards to being isolated in my home, not really getting to go anywhere, not really getting to see anybody. And then other times I have emotional breakdowns. Like one night it lasted from the moment I clocked out at five o'clock until one thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I still had to go to work the next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's primarily because I'm, I'm, How to say this? Um, yes, I have felt isolated, but in that isolation, it's truly where um, it's truly where Satan starts to work. He is putting lies into all of our minds, and if we don't talk about it, if we don't. Um, even especially if we don't talk to God about it, if we don't read truth from the Bible and from people who are um, who are in the truth as well, uh, we will believe those lies. And it's been really hard for me not to believe those lies. Some of them might have a little bit of validity to them, but not to the extent that they've been making me feel. So just trying to find that, 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 where that line is between, okay, I probably got myself to this point, but this part right here, this is the lie. This is the lie that is causing me to have an emotional breakdown. This is the lie that, um, is making, making me believe people don't want to be around me. 
it's so weird. We are supposed to be isolating ourselves. And in turn, we feel even more isolated. It just, it's so, I, and I'm not, I'm, I don't, I know that I'm not even putting these into, um, accurate words. It's going to take some writing. (laughs) I've been writing (laughs) and it's still not getting me to the point where I can accurately describe what's going on. But yeah, COVID-19, it sucks. Yeah. What is your favorite dish right now, Mm. but not one that you bought? What's the thing that you have made that is your absolute favorite in this moment right now? Okay. In this moment, we've, um, we've made a lot. We have cooked a lot. That's the good part about this. I get a lot more time with Alex and we're cooking together and it's just really, really good. Which, just a shout out to both of you. You're both really good cooks. Um, I haven't had a chance to have any of these um, joint meals that comes out of these, uh, out of the Titchener household. We're going to make Re- it happen. Not recently. Not recently. I will <laughs> say I just had some recently. But I've had some things that both of you have made. And... Um, it's it's always great. So, what's that thing? Um, Korean chicken. Korean chicken. Korean style chicken. It's probably not actually Korean, but uh, we've got some gochujang in our fridge, and Alex is really really good at making sauces. Um, and he made this one from scratch. He kind of looked at recipes to see the the essentials that need to go in a sauce, but uh, for the most part. He's like, okay, I'm going to marinate this chicken. We got some boneless, skinless chicken thighs, which, by the way, is the superior chicken. Um, Other than the wing. Um, So he created the sauce from scratch, very Korean style. He he baked it on a wire rack set over a baking tray. And so the air gets through. It's circulating and frying. Not frying, frying, but like cooking the chicken. Um... You get these nice little burnt pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really good over rice. Um, I have been even further perfecting my rice method, by mm-hmm. the way. It's rinsing like three times. Oh, yeah. You got to wash it. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cannot skip the butter. Cannot skip the salt. You got to have it all. So putting it over rice, but um, especially uh, I had some butter lettuce. And so I just tore off a few of those leaves and then chopped up the chicken, chopped up some scallions, had some sesame seeds, put it all in the lettuce, which I believe is also very Korean. Yes. Yeah. Um, and added just a little bit of rice. Alex made a, a gochujang mayonnaise sauce. Oh man. So good. That and, um, with the rice, uh, I will scramble some eggs. And then add kind of the same same deal, some um, some scallions, sesame seeds, and then I really like sesame oil, so I'll add a little bit of that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll add that that gochujang mayonnaise. Yeah, that is good. If you've never had Korean style chicken or Korean fried chicken, and you see that on a menu, just try it. It yeah. is it is good. Most places you can get the sauce on the side because it can be spicy. You can mm-hmm. ask them too because. It has a varying degree of spice, but if you see that on a menu, uh, just give it a try. And you may be yeah. asking, what's the difference? There is a difference. Um, just go ahead and give it a try. What, What's therapeutic about cooking? I, if, if I 
dedicate myself to the beginning to end process of cooking. It's therapeutic to chop things. It's <laughs> better to chop vegetables than um, people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> or other things. Um, uh, it's it's therapeutic to chop things. It is get and get yourself a good knife. By the way, get yourself a good chef's knife and get it sharpened regularly. Otherwise, you will cut your fingers. Um, you think dull knives are safer? They are not. That's my little PSA for today. Um, it's it's therapeutic to hear the sounds of things cooking in a pan or things still like bubbling and crackling on on the sheet pan when you take it out of the oven. There is a reason why ASMR is a thing now on YouTube yep. and even podcasts, I think. But um, some of those sounds are just really, really comforting. And for somebody who is introverted like me and, and constantly in my head, cooking allows me to get out of my head and focus on what my hands are doing what my eyes are seeing, what my nose is smelling, what my tongue is tasting. There's this thing that I was um, taught through counseling, uh, the 54321 method. What are five things that you can see right now? What are four things that you can touch? What are three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste? And you can you can kind of rearrange those things to fit your personal environment. But Cooking is just one of those things. For me, I I want things to taste good before I eat them. So cooking is is a way that I can control that, which is also why I cooked the entire Thanksgiving meal this last year. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Um, but cooking is also allowing me that opportunity to just get out of my head, which is so necessary, especially right now. Um, for those that don't know, uh, ASMR is, oh, yeah. <laughs> is autonomous sensory meridian response. Um, and it's just, it's, it sounds mostly sounds, but also it can be feelings as well that help with, um, just relaxation and, and, um, better feels, I yeah. guess. Um, people do really things. They, they get really close to their Yep. It's so weird. I, it, it I feel weird. weird even doing it. It is weird. That's a form of <laughs> yeah. That's a form of that. Um, okay. So last, last thing. Um, we we've talked about just just kind of like where where you are. So I'm gonna ask you the question, but I want you to answer it for those that are gonna be listening. So when we talk about stress levels and a little bit of worry, a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety, all these things would be kind of wrapped into one. And you didn't realize this, but when I asked you the question about what's the most difficult thing in the last month, mm -hmm. you answered the question, but it wasn't necessarily confined to the last month. It's just a it's just a human problem, right? It's the it's the unique problem that we have yeah. of just managing ourselves. So what's the thing that you would say to people? during this time mm -hmm. and almost any other time that they can be doing to manage themselves better mentally, emotionally, physically, mm -hmm. spiritually. Uh, right. For sure. Mm -hmm. Especially. 
or some form of therapeutic process. Okay. I, like I yeah. know you and I like I I would push writing all day. Yeah. And I and I still think that even if you're not quote good at writing, do mm -hmm. that. But there's other forms as well. But yeah. yes, yeah, I I don't want uh, yes writing. I want to endorse that. But other just any form of therapeutic yeah. process. Um, th so this is from my personal perspective. I obviously know nothing of extroverts, but for introverts, I know that this time is. Um, is harder than what we let on. We should be in our uh, in our wheelhouse right now because we get to be introverts. We don't have to force that. We don't have to find ways to get that time for ourselves. It's just given to us right now. Um, but for introverts, we tend to just get into our heads a lot. So find things to do with your hands. Uh, one thing I learned recently... Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn how to Sabbath well, like take that whole 24 hours of time and do the things that are going to restore me, not things that will make me feel even more anxious. So especially not being on my phone, not watching TV, that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing I heard that was really good and helped me put things into perspective is if you do work with your mind, do work with your hands for your Sabbath. And it doesn't have to be labor. It, it, it can be something fun. If you've got a prod, like I've got a cedar chest in our garage right now that I still need to finish. And a good Sabbath thing for me to do would be to finish that. Um, granted, I need my mom's help, but <laughs> finding time to do that or um, for me going on a walk, going on a bike ride, doing something physical is going to be a really good way for me to rest. Whereas people who do work with their hands should do should find something to do with their mind um, for their Sabbath. And I think that that works well for introverts and extroverts during this time. Introverts are, are in their heads a lot. So if you need to find ways to um, to help yourself through this time, do stuff with your hands. I, it's different for everybody. For me, it's cooking. For me, it's weirdly enough coloring and that's a whole nother story. Um, it's going on walks and bike rides when I can. It's, um, finishing a project that requires my hands and not my mind. And then also writing, which is mental, but, um, it still helps regardless. And then for extroverts, it's, it's doing the opposite, which is really hard. I've, I've got some extroverted friends that don't like to be alone. Mm -hmm. They, they don't want to sit on their couch and start thinking about their things. So you don't have to do that, but maybe just find a book that you can read. Um, which by the way, is one of my other really big struggles with COVID-19. The library is closed. Yeah, same. Yep. <laughs> and I love, I love hard copies. It's very hard for me to read digital copies, but I got scribbed or however you say it, listening to a really good audiobook. So for right now, if you don't have hard copies that you haven't read yet in your house and you don't want to go buy stuff, just find find apps where you can listen to audiobooks. It can be fiction, it can be nonfiction, whatever is going to help you get through this time. And then also FaceTime or go on walks with people who are close by and keep that six foot different um, distance between the two of you. And uh, there are ways that we can get around this. You just have to think outside of the box. Mow your lawn. 